1970. It's springtime in England. The air is warm, and the greyness of London is streaked with rays of sunshine. But in the streets, there are no bird songs or rustling leaves to accompany the city's murmur. Because in that year, England and its capital resonate with the sound of social unrest and punk music. Yet, on the elegant polo field of Windsor Castle, amid hushed conversations and polite smiles, another type of revolution is about to take place. Prince Charles is on the verge of meeting the love of his life. And perhaps at the risk of his own life. You are listening to Love Me, Love Me Not. Some stories have shaped our vision of love with a capital L. But beyond the romance, there's an underside of the story that we don't always know. In this podcast, delve into the most beautiful moments of love. As well as the worst. In this new season, across four episodes, discover the hidden side of the royal couple, Camilla and Charles, from their dangerous liaisons to their rise to power. A love story, yes, but one that sowed chaos. Unintentionally. Charles and Camilla, Episode 1, Sex, Gin, and Polo. On horseback, Prince Charles, 22 years old, is rigid in his uniform, with impeccable posture and a concentrated expression trying in vain to reverse the course of a match slipping away from his grasp. From a box overlooking the field, an unfamiliar voice can be heard, continuously cheering him on. At the end of the match, as the prince removes his riding helmet, still upset by his defeat, a young blonde woman approaches him. She bears an uncanny resemblance to the popular singer Marianne Faithful. She is Camilla Shand, 24 years old, the daughter of a baron deeply integrated into London's high society. Her simplicity and natural charm contrast sharply with the rigid setting, and she approaches the young man with an amused smile, delivering her first arrow. Did you know that my great-grandmother and your great-grandfather were lovers? Prince Charles is captivated by her deadpan humor and the incredible audacity of this stranger, whose voice he immediately recognizes as the one that cheered him from the stands during the match. The introductions continue around a buffet set on the castle's impeccable lawn. The crowd has left the stands. Everyone wishes to exchange a word with the prince, and the requests are numerous. However, Charles manages to keep Camilla close to him. This young woman mesmerizes him. She is full of wit, her conversation is sharp and pointed, and even though she is not drop-dead gorgeous, her charm is enchanting. Time stretches on. Around them, the crowd has dispersed. Camilla smokes one cigarette after another and sips gin while laughing. Her demeanor and ease captivate the shy young man more with each passing minute. He has never met a woman of this caliber before. 
On her part, Camilla is equally charmed. During their conversation, Prince Charles unwittingly drops his social facade. Taking advantage of a lull around them, they slip away together, amused, to the stables. There, the young prince introduces her to his favorite horses, speaks of his love for riding, the countryside, and long walks on the moors. The young woman discovers a refined, humorous, nature-loving man, a sensitive man, a man made for her. At the end of the day, the obvious is there, simple and undeniable. Charles and Camilla have just experienced the famous lightning strike of love. Let it be called a love at first sight. After all, why not, as these things do happen? But to be perfectly accurate, at the time of their meeting, Camilla is already engaged. Prince Charles cannot ignore this fact, since it's with Andrew Parker Bowles, one of his friends and polo teammates. And although it is the first time he talks with Camilla, the prince has, on the other hand, already crossed paths with her at other social events. In short, she's not entirely unfamiliar to him, and the queen, discreetly between conversations, observes her son secretly devouring with his gaze the blonde woman whom she knows to be engaged. Of course, that day, no one could have predicted what lay ahead. Charles is nothing less than the future sovereign of the country, and Camilla has far too many imperfections. Not only is she not from an aristocratic family, but she is not stunningly beautiful, not refined enough for a future queen. Above all, she's no longer a virgin. Despite being aware of all these elements, Charles and Camilla cannot be reasoned with by anyone or anything. Before we continue this episode, a short break to give the floor to our partner, without whom this podcast wouldn't exist. Don't go away. We'll be back right after. Between the two of them, it's the beginning of a passionate love affair. By Camilla's side, Charles laughs and feels alive, freed from the burden of decorum and the constraints that govern his protocol-driven life. The young woman exudes a sense of freedom, going to clubs, listening to rock music, smoking, and drinking like a man, or rather, like a liberated and emancipated woman. Rooted in her time and generation, she follows her desires and stands out in the tightly corseted world of English high society. The chemistry between the two lovers is total, physical, intellectual, emotional they quickly become inseparable. However, as in all love stories, Charles is soon confronted with his obligations. The imperative of military service calls to him. Implacable. night, Charles and Camilla are nestled together under beige silk sheets. He caresses her shoulder, 
whispering words of love. A Chopin concerto resonates in the majestic suite where the couple frequents. Camilla dons a robe and heads towards a buffet with two barely-touched dry martinis. Sipping one of the cocktails, she joins the young prince, who watches her silently, seated on the edge of the bed. Standing with a smile, she brings the glass to her lover's lips. Perhaps it's the warmth of the alcohol spreading quickly in his veins that gives the prince the courage to share a difficult piece of news with his mistress. He must soon join the Royal Navy and embark on the frigate Minerva, bound for the ends of the earth. Upon hearing this news, Camilla drops heavily onto the mattress, unable to find a response before downing the cocktail still in her hand. But she quickly composes herself. There's no way she'll make the situation even more challenging by giving in to tears and despair. She quickly reflects. Charles will be away for several months. It's a tough blow, but one certainly emerges. The love they share is strong enough to preserve their relationship. She then looks into the young prince's eyes and perceives all the love that he has for her. A glimmer of hope courses through her. Charles might ask her to wait. Things could have played out like that. It's true. Maybe they should have. Who knows? But at this moment, Camilla displays a lot of naivety, blinded by love and an innocent trust in her lucky star. Far from promises of eternal love and pleas to wait until his return, Prince Charles sinks into an awkward silence, which quickly becomes contagious. The prince beats around the bush, pours himself a gin, hesitates, lowers his gaze. Terribly disappointed, Camilla no longer dares to say anything. That night, she doesn't sleep a wink. Despite being in love, she's now lucid. Her Prince Charming won't fight for her. When, a few weeks later, Charles embarks on the frigate Minerva, bound for the Caribbean, Camilla knows their relationship is over. Lack of communication, lack of courage, Pride, poor choices, these are all the reasons for their separation. The royal family has long been accused of putting obstacles in their path during this time. But the truth is that Charles didn't need anyone to sabotage his relationship with Camilla. Out of weakness, he let her slip away. And while the future sovereign sails the seas, Camilla decides to start her own course. Charles has been gone for several weeks, and with a pragmatic touch of vengeance, Camilla has rekindled her relationship with Andrew Parker Bowles. Since the prince's departure, Andrew has been present and attentive, 
Now that his rival is on the other side of the world, the young man knows it's the right time to play his trump card. In an upscale restaurant in the capital, he chooses to take Camilla out to dinner one spring evening. The air is still a bit chilly, and when Camilla sits at their reserved table, she shivers slightly. Andrew drapes a fine pearl gray silk shawl over her shoulders, a luxurious gift he offered a few days earlier. The dinner is pleasant, each course more delicious than the last. The wine is exquisite. Andrew is a bit more talkative than usual, and especially considerate. Camilla smiles at him, playing along. She knows him inside out and had guessed the outcome of this dinner from the start. A dessert, not surprisingly, Andrew hands her an elegant box containing a white gold ring adorned with diamonds. In silence, Camilla takes hold of the luxurious navy blue velvet case. The tension she feels at that moment makes her waver slightly, but the young woman quickly regains her composure. She takes a deep breath before uttering a single word to the man across from her. Her voice is firm and resolute. Yes. When the prince returns from his military service eight months after his departure, Camilla is married. A profound sense of emptiness overtakes him, and the regret he feels only served to torment him further. On her side, Camilla is not convinced by married life. Her relationship with Andrew has never really been smooth, and the birth of their two children only complicates matters. These first years of marriage feel like an endless tunnel to her, and she looks back with burning nostalgia at her love story with the still-single Prince Charles. The story is about to take an unexpected turn, with dangerous detours, and all of this within the palace. Thank you for listening to Love Me, Love Me Not, a Bababam production. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave comments and ratings on all listening platforms.